Why, why can you only get in and out of your chair from the one side? Because I'm stuck between the wall and the bed where the fucking Mac is, all right? There we go. Oh. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I am Brett. And this is Pools for f- no fucking what are we? Fools for talk blah, 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 blah. Hello and welcome. Power hammy. <laughs> Power hammy. Mm. Right. Oh, ham. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm a princess. And I am a frog. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the unlimited Ulnager. Nice. Ulnager. Uh, yes, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? What's been everyone been up to? Brett, you've had no, no. sleep. <laughs> right. Uh, beyond not sleeping, I have been working on the workbench. I'm actually making a workbench for the ship shop. Um, and in typical fashion, it has to be over-engineered or at least more complicated than a uh, thing with four legs and a top. So we made progress on that yesterday. Uh, I then went over to the forge uh, pretty late last night, waiting for the heat to kind of break. And then uh, I received Caleb's guillotine. And had a bit of a play with it last night. I have never used a guillotine before, but I understood the principles. Um, I've got a lot of practice to do with said guillotine, but it was super, super neat. What's that? I said, you mean guillotine. No. Fuck off. <laughs> um, and I made a couple of fish hooks last night for funsies just to get more practice in. Um and I did not receive anything from the cabin, which I was hoping on, or I was hoping to get on Friday. I, I was told two weeks I would get an email. Friday was two weeks, and not an email did show. Boom. Not much going on. Yeah, not much going on though. I mean, good progress on the on the workbench, which I've needed for yeah. a while now. So nice. That's it. Cool. Uh, Al, what about you? I have been. Um, designing the bottom half of the table. So it's all been slab action up until now. Um, slab action. And it's got to the point where I can't do anything more on the slab. Otherwise, I'm just going to glue myself into the shack because it's <laughs> basically the size of the shack. So that's on hold. Um, and I've designed the whole base. So the client, um, I gave him like several options for the base, ranging yeah. from like, Standard kind of like coffee table with with stretchers, yeah. four legs, um, through to like this awesome Stonehenge one, which was just like pillars. So I literally, just, like that, yeah. I love that. It was just like eight inch oak beams, just in the ground and the slab on top. Yeah. Um, but it looks a bit more like a sort of sacrificial altar than a <laughs> <laughs> a dining table. Um, so the one he went with is actually like a more traditional farmhouse style. Oh, nice. um, but I've designed it with like lots of angles and stuff. And it's going to require a lot of joinery. Um, and I've just gone through like the cut list for it and like designed all the angles and stuff and worked out where all the tenons are going to go and like all the joints. And there's like 
so many pieces. It's ridiculous. And oh, so much fucking work needs to go into it. Like, I, I, I just, just for argument's sake, I've worked out, like, how many cuts I need to make. Yeah. So versus, like, the pillars one, like the Stonehenge one. I was going to do six legs for the Stonehenge one. Mm. So it would be 12 cuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Because <laughs> I, I want like the raw oak beams because they look really nice. They're all weathered mm. and like air dried. So it literally would have been 12 cuts, get them parallel, boom, job done. Put the table on top. Gravity. Um, but this fucking base, it's like over 200 cuts. Like all with like angles and compound angles and tenons and mortises and shit. So it's going to be a beautiful piece of wooden architecture, but it's <laughs> yeah. like it's pushing my like it's very pushing, very limited woodworking knowledge to the limit. Yeah. You know, up until now, it's been at most a half lap joint. Yeah, but mostly butt <laughs> joints. <laughs> And like glues and screws, and now it's like full on mortise and tenon, bridle joints, yeah. everything that is going to be required to make this thing not move because it's fucking. Yeah. Yes, it's heavy, but it can still rack if someone leans on it yeah. or pushes it. Like as soon as yeah. that thing starts getting momentum, yeah, it's going to go. So it's going to have to be really fucking sturdy. So I've got a shitload of wood. I've calculated what I need to do. It's just a case of cracking on. I just finished right before we started recording um, a dry run of the glue up for the top. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so loads of clamps, loads of... I had to build loads of weird mechanisms because you can't clamp live edge. Yeah. Because there's funny angles and it's all it's not straight. So I've had to build loads of like side clamps to clamp the clamp clamps. So like, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, I've literally just done a dry run. I would have glued it up, uh, but obviously I had to come and record. So as soon as this is done, I'm going to go out, glue up the top. That'll dry overnight. And then tomorrow, nice. I can hopefully... See if I can still lift it, um, yeah. because it's going to be a nightmare trying to lift a four hundred pound table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've <laughs> seen you lift more. an entire shed with your legs. This is true, but I I can't get in close to it for my legs to go anywhere near it because <laughs> it's, it's literally the size of the shack. So yeah, um, we're good. I, 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 at this point, all I can do is get on top of it. <laughs> yeah. So trying to lift something while you're on top of it is a bit wily coyote. Yeah, that's not not great. Um, so when with the the glue up, are you just going uh, like with the actual uh, two slabs? Yeah, is it just a straight cut down the middle, it's and you just you're just, just jointed. It's just two jointed like nice. biscuits on something that side would make no fucking difference at all. No, it's so big and so heavy and so chunky. Um, it's just jointed the two edges, but because I don't have a jointer, there's just so much fine tuning. It's like yeah. get it as straight as I can, put them two together. Find out where there's a gap, yeah. playing it, put them in. It's just loads of trial and error. Yeah. And it's okay. But also, while I'm doing that, obviously, the wood's also moving. Yeah. I've just cut a massive bit of it. So I'll get it straight. And then it'll come, back, it'll come back to it the next day and it'll move. I was like, for fuck's sake. So I'm just going to go for it and just clamp yeah. as much as I can. But because they're so thick and it's so wide, I can't really bend it. Like I can't, yeah. I can't close any gaps with, with clamp pressure. There's, yeah. just, there's no way of moving it. So, um, so I just. You've not got any dowels or anything like that into, um, like register it and line it up or anything. It's just literally no, because the the the, the slabs are even even anyway. So I'm uh, gonna, okay. I'm gonna have to plane it once it's glued up anyway. Nice. Um, cool. So there's, there'll be no point aligning yeah. it. Um, they're they're flat and straight. Yeah. So there's just no not... issue. There's no issue of like bow or anything. It's literally just yeah. you up together. 
Um, and then underneath, I'm going to put um, angle iron just to stop any bow. Yeah. Once it's once it's glued up, so hopefully that'll yeah. stop it moving. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fucking hard work. Yeah, um, fuck that. Yeah, lots of like I've I've <laughs> I've been using like rollers and stuff like to, yeah. to slide these things on in and out of the shack and like sliding them underneath. And I've got a little like trolley, mm. so I can get on the trolley and like roll myself underneath the, this yeah. like fifteen foot tabletop. Like, <laughs> like like I'm working under a bus or something. It's really fun. As, as I say, yeah, it sounds like like a car creeper. It really, it really is. It's cool. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, I have. Uh, I I've had a bit of a weird week. Um, so we did the nail thing on um, Monday, I think. Monday. Uh, no, it was Monday, Tuesday. Monday. <laughs> it was uh, it was Tuesday because Charlie was there as well. So I was doing the nail test whilst also teaching Charlie how to make blacksmith knives. Um, so that was uh, fun, um, and it's really really cool because seeing how far Charlie has come since uh, he first started, um, and just like the consistency that he's now able to achieve is phenomenal. Um, and it, it's so satisfying seeing someone improve um, so much over sh- such a short period of time. Um, so that's been really good. Uh, then Wednesday, I I had the day off. Um, I knew I was having it off uh, because <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> uh, cause I wasn't in the workshop um, and Joe was working on something else. So, I was just like, well, fuck it, just take the day off because um, Jazz is off on a Wednesday anyway. So take the day off and spend it with Jazz. I was like, oh, okay, I could do with the money, but actually a, a day off isn't too bad. Um, to me and Jazz had like a really nice chilled out uh, Wednesday. And I got into work Thursday. Um, and as I pulled up, my phone like buzzed. And uh, that was a text from Al, who was literally stood there with his phone in his hand. Uh, and he texted me to basically say, oh, don't bother coming in today because there's no work um, because they're working on the um, uh, or they've been working on the axes. Um, they, they've taken over the entire workshop and there's no uh, there's no space for me to be able to to do the things that I need to do. Like all the stuff that I can do in the other room isn't really stuff that we need doing at the moment. Um, so I ended up having thursday and friday off which would have been great but on that short notice uh, it was like right well i've not got anything i need to do to move forward on any projects and i just kind of went into a bit of a funk um mostly because it's actually thursday friday so wednesday thursday friday plus monday of next week uh and that's a week's wages and that's not what i need to not be earning right now um so yeah, it, I, I had a bit of a, a shit end or a shit middle to the week. Um, but uh, Friday went back in into the workshop and was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go into the um, the classroom. And I just had a bit of a play, just uh, batched out a load more nails, um, which was fine because I wasn't getting paid for it. So Al didn't mind me being in there um, not working as such, uh, just working on technique and just practicing um so that was good uh and the weekend has been fine uh i spent most of today planning um some stuff that i'm going to be doing tomorrow um so i've got a few builds in mind to try and make 
uh, or basically make stuff that I might be able to sell um, a little bit further down the line um, just to kind of help try and make ends meet. Uh, but that's been, it's quite good because normally when I'm working on my own stuff, it's just like, I'm going to make a thing and I don't know how I'm going to do it. So I'll just go and just play and just see how it turns out. But with this, because I've got a few kind of set ideas in mind, it was like, right, actually, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sketch these things out. I'm going to design it properly. I'm going to have a plan to work to so that I've still got wiggle room there. But at the same time, I'm not sat there going, uh, I don't know what to do for three hours and not actually achieving anything i've got a goal to work towards so i've got something to aim for and something to um to kind of limit my uh not limit my creativeness but focus it i suppose mm-hmm. is probably a better, better way of putting it um which is good uh because otherwise i have an unlimited capacity to procrastinate um <laughs> so having having like a set thing to work on it is uh is quite useful for me um but uh but yeah you might have noticed by the amount of times i've uh shoehorned the word limit into uh this last little bit um we were going to talk about limiting factors and being limited and working within your limits today um because obviously our at the moment is doing the uh massive slab table thing which is like beyond the limit of what the hack shack is capable of, I think it's fair to say. Well, it's not. I mean, literally, literally, um, literally, it is literally beyond what the hack shack is capable of because it's longer than the hack shack. Um, mm. I even to the point before I started, I worked out if it would fit in diagonally, and yeah. I was like, "Can I work on this vertically?" And I had these <laughs> like, I can't. I think it was maybe Tim Swade like set up like a vertical CNC on one of his walls. Yeah. And then I was yeah. like, oh, can I kind of run a router? It's like, this is going to be dangerous enough. I don't want to start fucking swinging a router around on chains. Um, but yeah, it was physically too big to fit in. So I had to build an extension just to fit this thing in. So the, the building itself was limited, but everything about it is limited. So the the amount that I can lift as a person is like a huge limiting factor. So So maneuvering these big slabs of wood, it's like... It's not necessarily a brute strength thing. You know, I'm sure John Malecki could just pick one up and walk around with it. <laughs> but it, it's more like just assessing it, just standing there, working yeah. out like the angles and the fulcrum and the levers. And right, if I can lift this corner up, shim something under, go to the other, you know, I'm doing basically yeah. I'm doing more I'm doing more walking than I am lifting mm. because I'm, I'm going to one end of the board, shimming him up, coming back to the other end of the board, shimming it up. And that involves climbing because I can't actually walk around it. So I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing fucking loads of climbing. Brett, you'll be jealous. Um, but it's 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 a limit of like just physical strength. So yeah, you know, I, I, there's no way I can and like as soon as I glue it up tonight, I'm pretty sure I won't be able to flip it on my own. Yeah. Um, I think if I was in the middle, and like Brett said earlier, I could use my legs and like leg press. I could probably lift it. Yeah. And to, to turn it over so it's still on one side, but there's no way I can get in. So there's like there's all these limiting factors just in terms of physics, but because it's a project for a client as well, there's limiting factors in terms of budget. Yeah. So when I was working out the um, the base and calculating, you know, all the cut cut list and stuff, it was about getting it all to fit in 
the the timber that I had. So this is I've only got two meters of that. So therefore yeah. I can only use that for two legs and one bracer. And I've got four meters of that, so I can use that one long piece for the stretcher on the bottom. But the other yeah. bit, and, and it's all, and they're all different widths. So like, a lot of the time was just spent out pushing those values to the limit. So like, mm, I can yeah. fit three bits in that sheet. I can go down, and you know, because I don't have a wood supply. I don't have a wood store. Mm. It's just like this is what I've got, and I need to make a table out of it, and it's this long. So yeah. like pushing the resources to the limit. Um, I'll stop in a minute, but this is just, I'm, I'm on a roll. But, <laughs> and it's also the tools as well. So I've got physics and like my capacity is a, is a, a meat, meatimal, uh, <laughs> and, and my, and my limits. I've got the limits of like the budget and the materials, but like yeah. the biggest thing is the limit of the tools. So like flattening these one meter wide, 15 foot long slabs, like, I don't have a I don't have a belt sand I don't have a what do you call it, drum sander I don't have a planar thicknesser so it's yeah. like yeah okay build a router jig fairly easy to do um, nice thing to build uh, but then it's like the limits of my router it's yeah. a, it's only a quarter inch collar so you can only get certain bits for it without getting like dangerous Chinese ones that are just you know absolutely no respect <laughs> for um, and it's pushing that to the limit so I'm like working out. Remember when we had um, Tony Rillo on and we're talking about like feeds and speeds, mm-hmm. like how much I can push that router to how much I can cut per pass, how deep and how much I'm going to take off. And like it's calculating. I was having to like time it. I was like, right, I can do a meter, two mil deep in 10 minutes. And so it's like four meters, two sides, eight, 80 minutes to take off two mil. And it's just like working all this shit. And that's like nonstop. I'm just working all this out and it's like it's almost like if it was a factory or a production like what are those what are those limits of how fast can I go if I push it it's not going to cut as well or it's going to splinter yeah you know it's 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 re- every single tool is being pushed like the depth of my um circular saw it's like yeah. 50 55 mil right so I can't cut all the way through the board I can go far enough flip it over you know and and just every, everything seems to have have a limit it's not like Oh, that one saw will just cut through it. Like normally, yeah. I'm used to just take the angle grinder, cut through it. You know, take yeah. the, take the um, the miter saw, cut through it. But every single tool I've got for this job isn't big enough, or fast yeah. enough, or powerful enough to do the job. So I'm pushing it to its limit, and then having to work out how do I get that little extra mile? Yeah. How do I how do I how extend it? that limit? Yeah, exactly. Literally, like how, like how do I extend it? So so it's not just what is the limit. It's what do I need to do to go past that limit? Yeah, which has been a has been like a massive like problem solving exercise. Like it's not about woodworking this job; it's about problem solving the yeah. limitations of of the shit I've got. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I I love that um, that whole spiel that you just went on. Like it, it's it's really interesting to hear you talking about. Um, uh, going beyond those those limits and just finding a way around it and i think that's like within uh especially within the the hobbyist maker community that's something that um we come across all the time like i'm i'm very very fortunate in that um more often than not it is my skill as a maker that limits me rather than 
the tools I have access to because I'm I'm fortunate enough that you know I've I've got a full professional blacksmith's shop that I I have access to all the tools in there. Um, so it, it it tends to be my um, my skills that limit me. But uh, funnily enough, this week I've been having a conversation um, or conversations with uh, Jazz about the fact that my workshop at the moment it's a big limiting factor for me because it's because it doesn't have running water because it's just that little bit too far away and it's you know it i love my workshop it's a beautiful place it's really inspiring but for actually doing any serious work it's a it's a nightmare especially with the pubs and that being closed because if i want to stay hydrated then i'm i'm going to be peeing often and if i'm peeing often that means that every hour I have to stop for 40 minutes, <laughs> come home, have a piss, make a pop cup of tea, go back down, get back into what I was doing. And it's so incredibly disruptive that anything that would take a you know a, a couple of hours ends up taking the best part of a day. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's just made it to the point where I don't want to even go down there, to the point where I'm now looking at other alternatives to uh, host the workshop, even if it's um, a considerable drive. Like if, if it's if it means that I've got to drive for 15, 20, 25 minutes or whatever, then that's probably better because it means that I just say, okay, well, on a Saturday, Sunday, or after work or whatever, I take that drive and then I dedicate, you know, four, five, eight, ten, twelve hours to whatever it is that I'm working on. And that then allows me to work on stuff outside of uh, Alex's workshop. Because at the moment I'm limited by um the the days that i work and the hours that we're allowed to use the workshop for um but having that allowed, allowed thing is like a a, re, a real factor in this so like that allocation hmm. yeah like i've been allocated this budget you've been allocated that much space you've been allocated that that many hours yeah and it's like it's not necessarily that there's that the limits are being pushed it's that the somebody is putting restrictions on you or yeah some, something is putting restrictions on you yeah um, taking a piss somewhere there's an, there's an yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but i mean it, it's it's a true thing like i you know i i can't um I, i've got this option when i go down to the workshop which is either i don't drink which means that halfway through the day i end up getting de- dehydrated and i can't think clearly um or i stay hydrated but i've got to leave every 10 minutes because i'm you want, to, you want the exact balance of liquid so you're just sweating out exactly what you drink in yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah um but yeah what what normally ends up happening is it will be like the third time i need a piss i'm like i'm so close to finishing the project and i i I just hold on to it i hold on to it and it ends up getting like are you you talking about your as in your forge right yeah yeah well can you not kill two birds with one stone and just go to the pub no because the pubs are closed at the moment that's what i mean yeah yeah exactly like when the pubs were open it it wasn't that much of an issue. Right. Um, but yeah, and the one that I used to use because I knew the owners and they didn't mind me going in and basically just going and using the toilet and leaving, uh, they've closed down. So the the other one, if I go in there, I've got to kind of go in and be friendly and like, have a drink. And, yeah, yeah, another it's... bag of tiny peanuts, please. Yeah, exactly. Can I have another ba- like 10 grand bag of peanuts that you're going to charge me £4 for, please? Um so yeah, it, it's just got to the point where 
that it that has become my limiting factor is the workshop um and for those of you that are going well, why don't you just go outside and have a piss it's because the workshop is literally on the high street like there is <laughs> there is nowhere i can go it's o- outside wouldn't have even crossed my mind steve there's <laughs> there's buckets for a reason right yeah well that's the, that's the other problem is beryl will just walk in randomly so it's not like i could even piss in the corner because chances are she'd walk and people off the street you wouldn't believe the amount of times that I've, <laughs> like i just have some random person just open the door and, be, and normally it's someone in their 80s talking about i remember when i used to bring a horse down here and the blacksmith would chew it and now i was like that's great I'm busy. <laughs> it smells You're a bit like it too yeah <laughs> exactly but uh, i yeah. i find that interesting though you've both um commented on well scratch that al al's big thing was tooling at least for this specific job it's been a limiting factor that his like tools and equipment steve you're kind of on the other end of that and then if i had to say from my perspective what my limiting factor is is just like physical energy or physical capacity Mm -hmm. to do the Mm -hmm. things and you know we've all made the joke that um i wish there were more hours in the day or the whole like i wish i didn't have to sleep I'm not even trying to be as unrealistic as all of that. It's it's more just like I worked for six hours on the table yesterday and it, and it was using like limited materials. You know, it was yeah. basically a discussion with Ben to be like, uh, we're, we're consolidating material down. There's some steel left over. Got the welder out, but I don't I don't have, uh, you know, Jimmy's shop where we had that really nice horizontal bandsaw where I knew mm-hmm. all of my yeah. cuts were straight. Yeah. So yeah, trying to do this, Al, I was kind of messaging you about it. Uh, but it's very like, I think I know the execution, but I have absolutely no uh, precision tools to do this job. So I have to hope for the best. So everything's taking a lot longer because I, I don't want to screw it up because I have limited materials and uh because of the everything taking longer it was like six hours for me to get the frame done yesterday Mm. and that was with you know waiting a bit for the shade to come over (laughs) onto the driveway so that i'm not baking under the sun because i also can't film when it's that exposed like the lights so exposed so everything's a bit of timing and i'm i'm you know i gotta start around like noon and work until six and then I took like a 30 minute break to eat and then pack the coolers and then Jess uh, wanted to go over and forge too. So we loaded up the truck, drove over to the forge and got home at two o'clock in the morning ish. Yeah. And then took, you know, then took a shower so that I could be clean when going to bed. Then it was three o'clock and absolutely no offense meant to you steve but it was like you were messaging me about recording this morning and i hadn't gone to sleep yet and i know it's an eight hour difference but it's just like holy shit i i will absolutely wake up in you know four or five hours whatever um i have a hard time sleeping past maybe like eight or nine even when i go to bed late it's it's just body you know natural alarm clock but man i am completely exhausted is there but, the weather that's a factor a very out there as well? Day. Um, yeah, but I, you know, we 
I know we joke about it that it's like such an American thing to talk about the weather all the time. <laughs> I don't really. No, but you, you guys have fucking extremes though. Like yeah. in England, it's just yeah. slightly gray or more gray. Like you, you've gone from like New York to the fucking desert. Yes, and even though there was, you know, I have some prior experience with similar heats mm -hmm. uh, in my younger days. This is completely different because I. Uh, you know, when I was working at the old job in Vegas, it was I was in an office all day long. And if I wasn't in the office, I was in an air-conditioned casino. Uh, and so I wasn't really experiencing the outside. Yeah. Here, it's like you need to weld and lift things and do stuff and forge. Setting up the blacksmith forge and going, it's 108 degrees outside. Good luck. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking hot and unbearable. And Steve, if I didn't have... Uh, space, no neighbors really, and also I do have like a finished bathroom and plumbing. It would be difficult for me to go over there right now, um, to do any kind of work without knowing that I have at least some type of facility, uh, to take care of those things. But yeah. also, like, I hate packing a cooler just to go and work. Yeah. a half hour away and it's technically my house like that's where yeah. i'm supposed to live <laughs> and i have to take water over there and when i run out of water even though i have water on the property it comes out of the tap at 110 degrees and i don't really know why <laughs> so like i don't even really need a hot water heater right now so yeah. i feel this is a huge wraparound but i feel like my my limitations right now are so um everything's tied to the physical nature of things. I don't have enough yeah. energy. I, I want to sleep less or have more hours of the day that are dark. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I wish it wasn't so hot so much of the day. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think like I, I completely sympathize with that because working um, even the last few weeks here have been like high nineties um, outside and in the workshop has been hotter than that again. So Jesus. Like and with fucking, uh, you're muted by the way, Mike. You're muted. Don't entertain yeah. this fucking measurement system. The temperature <laughs> is not high nineties, Steve. Is it? We'd all be it, dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> high high nineties in fucking freedom units, but uh, let's all use Kelvin it, like we should. <laughs> well, it's because I keep talking to Chris about how hot the weather is, so I've got to convert it to fucking stupid units so that he knows what I'm talking about. Um. But yeah, and like 98% humidity or whatever ridiculous thing it was last week. And it just gets to the point where because it's so humid and because it's so hot, you're just sweating constantly and you can't actually fucking work because you've just got eyes full of sweat and you can't see it. It's, oh, it's fucking horrible. Um, so yeah, having it like that hot all of the time, I mean, fuck that. And we, again, with the water coming out of the pipes hot, like if you've got the Coke forges running in the workshop, then because the uh, the copper pipes run behind that, it just heats it up, so you end up with hot water coming out the cold tap all the time. You'll um, be so... you'll be singing a different tune, Steve, in the middle of winter. Oh yeah, yeah, it's fucking freezing <laughs> in the winter. It's horrible. But uh, but yeah, so I've just said just to say, like I I fully sympathise with um, with that. But I think like all of these factors, whether it's the fact that you're limited on material, because you know you're using. Um, you know, leftover scrap, or you've you've bought a really nice bit of wood, and it's you've only got X amount of it, or yeah. you're limited by time, or you're limited by space, or whatever. Like, because um, 
I'm limited on materials and, and time uh, tomorrow because I want to get as much done as possible. I don't want to be spending the, the day kind of fucking about um, uh, procrastinating when I could be just cracking on with stuff. I want to have a checklist so I know like, right, okay, I need to go in by 10 o'clock. I need to have this much done by 12 o'clock. I need to have this much done and, and so on. So I've got those processes. So I've, I, I spent today planning and writing out a list and go, right, I need to make sure I do this. I can use this material to make that. And I need to do that in this order sort of thing. Um, so I spent, uh, I've invested some time today when I had that extra time um, to plan tomorrow to make sure that actually I, I can get it all done. Or I can, do the things that I want to do. Um, and I think like maybe that's an important thing as much as we all three of us don't particularly like to plan and we like to just play it by ear and wing it. I think to counteract those, um, those limits that we, that we have imposed, whether it's self-imposed or not, like I think planning is a really important tool in our arsenal. Mm. Um, Cause it's something that you can do when you, you know, it, it, you can plan it uh, that night when you're laid in bed, not sleeping or when you're sat on the toilet or when you're recording a podcast and whatever, like, you know, you, you can, you can always spare that extra headspace to, to making a plan. But I think, I think just listening to what Brett was saying about his kind of experience of, of, of limitations and stuff, my, my initial reaction was, Oh, there's a way to work around that. Yeah. You know, you, you could probably find a, a solution to that. Um, and just to your point, Steve, like you could make a plan and you could, you know, you could, you could um, counteract those limitations or, or curveball around them or fi- find a way that does it that isn't as limited. Yeah. But it, the, the flip side of that is, is it worth it? Is it worth yeah. putting in that energy just to get that extra inch in the, sh- in the shed or that extra yeah. millimeter on the route a bit or, you know, that extra speed or, you know, it, the the amount of effort you put in to trying to pretend that the limitations aren't there, it's like it's like pick your battles. Some of them, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Like just take a bucket and piss in the corner. But others, it's like actually, it's too hot. Do yeah. you know what I mean? No matter how many rags I soak in water yeah. and put them <laughs> yeah. over my shoulders, this is just not helpful. You know, yeah. I might I might save myself two minutes, but how much effort have I put into it? How much? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember I remember Bob um talking on making it podcast about the energy that you put into thinking about stuff. Yeah. Like the amount of like worry and stress and effort that just goes into not even doing the thing, thinking about doing the thing. Yeah. And it's like it would be so much easier if you could just switch off and go, that's the limit. I I could probably push it, but the effort that's going to go into pushing it is is not a net gain. So I might be like, I might get kudos points for it. I might look cool because oh, I managed to do this with just this. It's like yeah, but it it was yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. And what have you actually achieved other than you've hurt yourself or you broke your tool or you've burnt the motor out on your angle grinder? It's like yeah, the, you, I, I, think, I think the limits are. are, are well, basically saying is I think the limits are sometimes is a good thing because oh, they yeah, make yeah. you go. Maybe I don't. I shouldn't care so much about that. Right. Yeah. I. It's the the angle grinder analogy because it's our favorite tool. Um, <laughs> what was it? Maybe a year ago, Mike, Mr. Mike Montgomery himself, uh, was working on a project and he was cutting some plate steel. 
And I remember he was just like, I'm going to go to Harbor Freight. I'm going to get a really cheap grinder. We'll get this thing done. It was just for like a last bit on a project. And he burned the motor out on it almost instantly because it was yeah. like quarter inch plate. And then he just went and bought another one <laughs> and broke that too. So the amount of time and money and energy yeah, that yeah. went into it. Now, now buying two of those things and taking the time out of his day, I can only assume that if he had bought the more expensive one, the stronger one, mm. it would have been negligible cost. Yeah. So very often, very often um, in your example, Al, I feel like I do that. Um, I make the mistake of justifying. Uh, it's usually cost. It's like yeah. I can push the limit because it will save me money yeah or or time and like 99 percent of the time that is not the case i end up after i end up on the other side of it having worked through it having having you know eaten my pride at that point only yeah. to realize that i quadrupled my time sink in it and also probably spent three times as much money yeah. and it's so frustrating that it's it's one of those things that i will consistently try and work on and just get better at to know that i'm making a conscious effort to say what's worth my time and or money right there's there's a trade-off almost always are you yeah. are you able to spend more money it will probably save you more time or vice versa yeah. and if i can minimize the amount of mental mistakes i'm making i feel like i'm going to save both of those things yeah it will be time yeah. and money that i will be yeah, saving yeah. if i get out of my own way yeah, yeah. i mean like I, it's it's a weird one because i whilst i agree that yes you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't allocate and spend time worrying about something that is going to give you no, um, no like net gain. Like to your point, Al, like I, I get that, but at the same time, there are if something is is a limiting factor that's stopping you from doing something. It, I mean, it it depends entirely on the project, and we we go through this every week. Like it's it's always a gray area. It always depends on. Yeah. Um, oh so yeah, I'm, I'm not saying but, like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You calculate it first before you worry about it, because then you, yeah. you're fucking. Yeah. You, you, the irony is you're calculating the calculation. Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is that they're not all equal. So like sometimes no. it's worth trying to yeah. push it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think um, that kind of bleeds into Brett's point there about you know sometimes it is actually worth spending. Like yes, it might be a tool that you think you're only going to use once, but mm. if it if it's not fit for purpose, then you don't have to go back twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so per perfect, perfect, the, perfect analogy. The fucking router bit thing. Like, yeah, uh, I had to buy two router bits to join the boards. One to go from the top, and then flip it over, and one to go from the bottom and meet in the middle. Yeah, there was a router bit that would go the whole length, but it was like three dollars from China. I'm like, <laughs> if I put that in my router and turn it on yeah. and try and cut fucking yeah three inches of oak, I'm gonna die. Yeah, it's gonna fly <laughs> off and take my fucking face off. Yeah. So that was not worth it. Yeah. Do you know I mean, what I mean? The, the, there's a, it, it's weird because this is the third time that this uh, quote has come up this week, but there's <laughs> a, a, a great quote by uh, Terry Pratchett um, about um, exactly this. And it's, uh, it's called the boots theory. And uh, I'm just going to read it out. So the quote goes, take boots, for example, he earned $38 a month plus allowances a really good pair of leather boots cost around $50, but an affordable pair of boots, which were sort of okay for a season or two and then leaked like hell when the cardboard gave out, cost about $10. These were the kind of boots that Vimes always bought and wore until the soles were so thin that he could tell where he was in Ankh-Morpork on a foggy night just by the feel of the cobbles. But the, 
the thing that uh sorry uh but the thing was that good boots lasted for years and years a man who could afford 50 pair dollar ah a man who could afford a 50 dollar pair of boots uh that uh, be still be keeping his feet dry in 10 years time while a poor man could only afford cheap boots and would have would have spent a hundred dollars on boots in the same time and would still have wet feet and that was the uh the theory of um but the that's, theory of social that's, that's capitalism that's yeah. that's not an analogy for like lost energy that's the point no, 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 that that for the boots <laughs> no that that was more uh the tools on the uh like going and buying the cheap um yeah angle grinder yeah um and that, i think that that's was... more a comment on class though like as in that's that's literally a metaphor for the poor people spend more yeah money yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, right, I, the... I, I know that it, it was just it also tied in nicely to this i just wanted to yeah to it's right word. but it's also like depressing yeah. oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then i mean it, 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 that's part of the the kind of limiting factors thing is the fact yeah. that it's a lot of our factors it tends to be the people that um that aren't limited are the ones that can afford to be limited yeah so exactly on that note i was doing a lot of research for this table because i've never made anything like it as i say my my woodworking to this point is limited to like half lap joints and, and screws um so i did like a lot of research i looked at a lot of uh like plans online and stuff and people doing tables. And I just realized that it's just a lot of people like regurgitating the same shit. Like yeah. I found this plan and then I just put my name on it and slightly changed the dimensions. It's like nothing's changing. No. And there's a few things that I'm changing like fundamentally because it just makes way more sense to me logistically. Yeah. Um, but every YouTube video I watched of like someone making a big table like this, every YouTube comment was, Oh yeah, that would be nice. I wish I had a two hundred grand workshop and I could make a big table like that. It's like every every comment. So yeah. you know, uh, John Malecki puts a big fucking slab through a table saw and through his drum sander. Takes him an hour, or builds a big you know yeah. samurai carpenter builds a big sled and stuff. And every, and every comment is like, oh, it must be nice to have all these tools. It must be nice to be able. And I was like, bullshit. Like that is not a limiting factor. Yeah. Like you can make the same thing with a handsaw, a fucking free router that Seaside Rick gave you and like a straight edge. Yeah. It's and, it's about buying, buying inefficiencies. So that's it, like it, getting a, a big table saw or a drum sander or whatever. It's not, it doesn't mean that, oh, now I can do the thing that I couldn't do before. It's just no, now I can do the same thing. If you're a factory making fucking tables, yeah. Like, if I was a factory making tables, I'd have gone out of business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not. Um, and I think that's the one of the, like, sort of dividing lines in this whole community is that I think a lot of people assume that those things that you use are the things that you need if you're just a, an amateur or a DIYer or trying yeah. something for the first time. Because, like, it's been so easy to just turn on and go to, to my mate when he when – he, he asked me if I could make this table. Go, nah, there's no way I can make some of that big dude. Yeah. Like, that was, it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I was yeah. like, it's going to take too much time. It's going to take too much effort. It's too big. It's too heavy. I haven't got, you know, but knowing me, my instant reaction was, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'll make a table. Yeah. Um, and 
so for me, limits are not necessarily um, the way we've been talking about it thus far, which is like the restrictions. Mm. You know, it's easy to look at a limit as a restriction. So like the rev limiter, like it's not going to go any further. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus something like um, something to aim for. For me, a limit is actually something to aim for. So like uh, 100% in a test is the limit of that test. Yeah. You can't get more than 100%. Yeah, yeah. So you shouldn't be disappointed if you reach the limit. Like the limit is the it's the the, the pinnacle. So mm. like there's a total flip side of limits and and like the shack for example, um I built that to within a millimeter of the limit of what I was allowed by UK yeah. building regs. So I could have just used a single sheet uh for the floor. But the shack would have been six inches smaller. Yeah. But instead, I, I pushed it to the limit of what I could. It was a fucking pain in the ass because it meant every sheet I had to cut another six-inch strip. <laughs> and so my whole fucking yeah. shack was like a patchwork and nothing was um, like on centers based yeah. on a, a, an eight-foot board. So it was fucking annoying. And like time-wise, it, it cost me ridiculously. Yeah. But I pushed it to as much as I could because that was like the the maximum i could get in yeah. a good way not yeah. like oh i can't get any bigger than this it was like no that's how big i can go that's my target yeah. the limit is my goal yeah and and the thing is is you look at it now like it, it would be easy for people to say um when you built um even tira like oh well, yes. that's that's the limit of the size of thing that you can build in a shed that's only however big the the shack is yeah. but you've you've just proved them wrong you've gone actually no i can go ever so slightly past the limit with this table and mm. and how fucking good must that feel for you to be able to say actually i know what the limit is on um this this shed because i've gone past it and i've 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 done that or i have reached the the limit like whereas when you, you know when you first started making stuff in there you were making quite small stuff mm. Whereas now, well, you've, Tira is a really good example, actually, because what I do in those sort of situations is, first of all, the first thing I do in a project is often find out what the limit is. Hmm. So on Tira, it was finding out the limit of the plastic piping, so what what psi it could hold. Yeah, and then I worked back from there. So then I worked out the volume of air that it could hold, and then I worked yeah. out the capacity of a twelve volt air compressor and then i worked back from there and worked out the maximum battery i could get to fit in the proportions of the gun without it yeah without the clip looking too big yeah so everything on that build was about the limit yeah. but i was working back to it i wasn't working up to it yeah if i if i know the limits first and work back from it it's, it's like a lot of a lot of my projects are like that it's like the the, the stupid bed swing thing whatever it is with the <laughs> on. that was like what is the limit of these um rotisserie motors yeah so i work out the power that they that they can output work backwards based on the weight of a computer and the limit is actually my reference point mm. so that it's like a hundred meter race the limit is the finish line yeah and everything before then is up to me what how i do it do i go crazy fast at the beginning and then slow down and let everyone catch up or do i go fast at the beginning reserve my energy and then go crazy fast and beat everyone at the end it's like I know yeah. what the limit is. That's the end of the race. But everything in between is up to me to decide. 
Yeah. So for me, limits are actually the 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 target. Hmm. If that makes sense, I, they're not they're, they're not yeah. a restriction. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I from a a different point of view on the same kind of theme. Like for me, um, the the idea of uh, my my abilities and my skill mm. being the limit is the same thing. Like if I'm if I never do anything other than make skewers and nails ever again, then I'll never go past my limit. I'll never expand what my limit is. Whereas if I every so often go in and I I push that limit and I say, right, I know I can only do X amount of things. So I'm going to try and go a little bit past that and, and aim for that limit. Then that means that actually by, so by achieving that limit yeah, is actually pushing that limit further on because that's the, the nature of, of getting better at things. <laughs> um, and, and I think it's a really good thing to, to be able to push those limits. I mean, you, you look at the, the stuff that Brett's doing, like, every time he he does a build it's a, a new thing or whether that's forging whether that's welding whether it's whatever like it's i i struggle to think of a recent video that hasn't been pushing his limit in in some respects whether mm. it was yeah you know, his limit of how uh forge hoods work and how <laughs> that they draw how cheap or, aluminium can be yeah or <laughs> or whether it's like what can i forge this or those those rail, those railings that he made a, a while back, like it's, um, I think it's always good to, like you say, to aim for those limits, to not see them as a, um, as a thing to hold you back, but a thing to to aim for, a thing to strive for, um, and I think that's part of what most people tend to, excuse me, most people tend to do as makers, because otherwise, if you don't push those limits and don't expand, then you don't ever get any better and things become very boring yeah i was i was just going to kind of expand on that steve where um it probably came from doing sport when i was younger um recently it's obviously um more centered around making but if if you're not really pushing the limits or you're not challenging yourself to find the edge or find your limit hmm. then <sighs> I feel like it's a huge hindrance to not only know your limits, but also uh, in a very matrix style way. It's like, when can you bend and when do they break? Like, when can you yeah. bend the rules? When can you break them? Right. If you're in the same uh, example, like if your rules are your limits then like, when, when do you bend the rules a little bit? And then does that really just expand the limit outward, right? I I like knowing that I can walk into something and go, oh, I think this is like the limit of my making capacity. I, I don't know if I can physically create this thing that's in my head. And then once I get even, even if I get like 75% of the way there, <laughs> that, that was the thing that I said, I don't think I can make it. And I got 75%. So Al's hmm. test score thing, it's like, I didn't hit the limit. But guess what? It probably pushed the fence back a little bit. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. wait, hold on. I, I could probably go a little bit further in that direction or make a little bit more progress. And I, I think, yes, we've talked about challenging yourself and how you like personal growth and all these things. But there's like a willful ignorance to my own limitations sometimes where it's like, 
the this the silly joke of I've never done that before. I guess we'll see how this turns out. Yeah. You gotta understand that like deeper down than that, it's just like I am not intimidated by this, or please give me the challenge. I would I would love to be challenged to do this thing because I don't know where my limit stands on that, or I'm ready to push that limit further away. Yeah. So it, to me, that when I say willful ignorance, it's like uh, the the childlike uh, naivety that we've talked about before. It's like I would rather approach this problem or this issue and go, I don't even know what the limits are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know some things that I can do to push towards this project, but let's just pretend I don't have a limit or I've never uh, tried to extrapolate on how this goes forward <laughs> and then i'm i always surprise myself of how far down the line i get it you know yeah. this stupid little workbench which it's not stupid it's fucking fantastic and i'm really happy how it's turning out but <laughs> we al i almost i almost called you the other day just to be like what's the table is this four legs and top <laughs> or like why does the table always have four legs why can't it have three or six well guess what this one has six I'm straight. I don't know because it's just like, why not? Why not? What is the limit? Why? Why am I limited by legs, or why am I limited by the space of my shop? What if I figure out a way to expand the space of this table? I can't expand the space of the shop. But maybe oh, I can make can this you? table. <laughs> okay, or can you? So these are all just like silly examples of just the more yeah. I've pushed myself outwards, or just kind of. Um, you know, put put blinkers on, as you guys say. Put the blinkers on to the limit. Like, don't pay attention to it. I know what my limits were in the past. Let's figure out if maybe I've I've explored beyond that now. Yeah, I mean, I I think like there's when it comes to um, limits, it's some limits are there for a reason. Like to to use the the sports analogy one, um, like. If I'm going to the gym and I'm doing deadlifts, I know that there is a limit to how much I can lift and how many times I can do that without hurting myself. Um, and that limit is there. Yes, I always want to push it, but I don't necessarily want to go past it because I don't want to completely fuck myself and not you know, put myself out of action for a month. Um, but at the same time, one of the things that uh, I think we uh, we as, as makers kind of get is the fact that we have this um this inbuilt uh limit whether that's a limit to i can't do it with this um with these equipment this equipment i can't do it with this um in this amount of time or i don't have the skills to do it or whatever like there's a um uh, a friend of mine who she was really struggling to get past this uh this deadlift um or this uh, volume of weight on the deadlift and um and she was trying and trying and trying. And one of her trainers was like, right, well, what's your what's your one one rep max? And she said, like, right, okay, well, what can you do on a, a set of 10? She said, right, okay, well, that's X amount lower. And um, so, right, okay, well, let me just um, see you do a set of 10. And um, and so she goes, and goes, right, okay. And she um, does this set of 10. And then he points out that, well, actually, that, that was your one rep max because I just put extra weights on when you weren't looking. And it was an entirely psychological thing. And that happens, I mean, I, I'm focusing very much on the, the weightlifting side of things, but like that happens with weightlifting so often is people get this thing in their head that I can't do this, I can't go past this. And 
it's it's really important to test those limits often because all too often those limits are completely self-imposed and they are not the actual limits of your ability of your um whatever it's just got me thinking of that uh episode of the animatrix where the guy um runs the 100 oh, meters printer yeah. yeah um and it's like usain bolt's record is like nine and a half seconds or something ridiculous yeah and that's like pretty much the limit of the human body like in terms of muscle and like yeah, how yeah. efficient we are at like respiration and anaerobic respiration and stuff um so obviously something is that you you know you're talking about the matrix earlier obviously something is happening where he's bending the rules because we yeah. just can't run that fast um but then it got me thinking about you you almost need to sidestep the limits so like when i was building the pc i was watching a lot of um linus tech tips and they were yeah. talking about like all the latest computer technology and stuff and like processors and like transistor size and going down to like 12 nanometers and seven nanometers and we're going to get to the point where transistors can't get any smaller because we're at the like atomic level so you can't get any more transistors on a chip so you can't make them faster so mm -hmm. what what manufacturers are doing are like how can we be smarter with energy use how can we be smarter with uh the array or how they're laid out or laminating the chip so it's not it's not a race to the smallest possible transistor it's being smarter about things. So you're trying to, you try to push the limits by kind of sidestepping the limits. Right. Yeah. But the, 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 the ultimate alternative to that is completely rethink it. Mm. So if you're, if you're trying to race to the smallest possible component in a computer, there's an, there's an end point to that. Yeah. You know, Moore's law is almost up. Like there's going to be, there's a point where it just yeah. doesn't, doesn't happen anymore. So you're going to have to shift to quantum computing or just completely change the game and do something yeah. that is no longer that race. Because, I mean, especially with like the money involved in computers, th they must all know that in 15, 20 years' time, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they, some, somebody somewhere is sitting in a boardroom going, we're going to have to re reinvent the game. Yeah, And I, mean, I think that's a way to get around limits is, is completely thinking about it in a totally different way. Yeah, because that, that's one of the things that um, that happens a lot with, uh, especially with consoles and stuff like that. Yeah, like it, it's not quite so um, apparent now, but if you look at a game when, say, the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, mm. when that was first released, you look at like the 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 biggest, brightest game that came out on that console then, compared to like the, one of the last big games that came out yeah, on the yeah. Three Hundred and Sixty, like the difference in graphics and uh, the scale and things like that is huge. Like the the hardware that they they've got to work on is the same, but yeah. they've just found extra ways or other ways of tweaking that extra little bit about it. And I think the idea of um, finding other ways to do it is really interesting because there's a uh, when I was at um, WDS and we we had the the lab in um, uh, Grenoble's. Like the the guys there were looking at ways of producing. Um, much more power from the same hardware by completely changing the way that that hardware was used. So um, even going down into like the actual base language that the computer uses and changing that and tweaking that um, rather than just going, 
oh well that's all we can do they were going well no let's let's find another way around it because again if they can find a way to do that on a zx spectrum then <laughs> when you apply that to a, a, a supercomputer then obviously you're going to get that much more reward for it um i i have to jump on the video game analogy or the console analogy because um I don't know if you guys saw the Unreal Engine demo that came out not too long ago. Yeah. And there's been speculation after that, you know, and obviously it's uh, it's just a demo. They <laughs> they talk about a lot of the theory or the reasoning behind how they did things. Um, we don't know for sure how realistic all this technology is to be able to pump into future games and stuff. But what got me um, excited... Or, or at least inquisitive. I'm like, wow, how did somebody think about that? Is similar to what Al was saying with the, the, I guess they are computers, but for the longest time, it was about how many triangles and polygons and stuff can you fit in a single yeah. image, you know, full George Lucas style. Just like how much shit can we put on screen before we hit people's limit of visual capacity? Well, now at least the discussion with this new engine is like, they're not talking about having the newest uh, piece of rendering hardware in the computer. It's more somebody decided, like, why do we need to do all of that? Why why do we need to render out things in such a way and eat up all this data and processing if we just do it this way? And not only if we do it that way, will we fix those problems? I can do 10 times as many polygons and things like that because we've, opened up a lot of processing power which are constantly limited by each other right like how much stuff do you want on screen versus um how detailed you know it's all a balance and then this new engine was like they've completely cracked this you know this glass ceiling limit or whatever to just go we didn't even think this was possible especially not with like the current technologies that we have or the current hardware that we have but somebody figured out a way to sidestep it yeah, and pretend that it wasn't a limit, or not even pretend it wasn't a limit. Just like, well, fuck it, let's stop worrying about that one. Let's move mm-hmm. on to something else. So, I I appreciate when people do that. Um, I think we'd all benefit a bit more from. Uh, I I think it goes back to our naivety that we've discussed a lot more. It's like, but I I I think we're being too humble when we talk about naivety, I think it's, it's using things in different ways. You know, we yeah, always joke okay. about using the the angle grinder upside down, but like, you know, you talk about sidesteps and back to another sporting analogy, like the high jump, like until yeah, yeah. somebody decided to fucking jump over backwards, the Frosby flip wasn't invented and people were just jumping over it forwards, like a forward run. Right. Yeah. Right. And the first person to do that put like fucking half a meter onto the world record. Yeah, <laughs> because they were just like, I could do this in a totally different way, <laughs> and I think to the point where it was like banned because they were like, "Oh, that's cheating." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm using this exactly the same muscles, exactly the same energy, and the same momentum, but yeah. I'm just applying it in a completely different way. To your point, Brett, yeah. I don't need a different machine. I just need to not be bound by the the to, you know, like you were saying, Steve, rewrite the base code. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking in like a supernatural matrix way. I'm just saying, don't be limited by the thing that's already established. Yeah. 
if everyone does it that does the joint that way, it doesn't mean that's the only fucking way to do it. Just because something's established, it's like that's well, that's what the limit is. The limit is just expectation and the norm. More often than not, the limit is just the norm. Right. Yeah. People people expect that to be what you can achieve. Whereas actually, if you look at things in a different point of view, be a little bit more crafty, a little bit more cheeky, a little bit more risky, maybe a little bit more dangerous. You can push those limits. Yeah. Yeah. And that is spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. But yeah, it's spa. Spa, uh, which means I'm going first. Uh, so I am going to go with um, completely unrelated to. Uh, limits and stuff like that. Um, but Herfer hand painted. So like Surfer, but with an H instead of an S. Um, he's uh, just a, a sign paper. Sign paper? Sign painter. Uh, and he's just done some really fucking cool stuff. No reason other than the fact that every time I look at one of his posts, I'm like, it's fucking awesome. I really want one of those. So yeah, uh, go check him out on Instagram. That's it. Fantastic. Short and sweet. Uh, I am going with a Netflix show series this week because it's been quite enjoyable. And honestly, I think based on the conversation that we had today about limits, um, it is called High Score. And it's about the video game industry. And uh, it starts out all the way back when, I don't know, video game systems started (laughs) and talking about how the uh, the creators of the video games or the creators of the music and how they solved all these problems, either on limitations uh, with the technology or um, like the composer that did a lot of the sound effects for the early uh, stand-up cabinets uh, doing the sound effects for Donkey Kong. And he's like, actually, the the jump sounds weren't supposed to be different. But it's just what happened when he programmed them into the circuit board. It just... <laughs> Kind of like, um, what did he? What did he say? It, it's something almost like it overclocked it or something. So in <laughs> it, it like glitches out because it pushes it too hard. So instead of it just being a regulated beep beep beep, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, actually, like how it sounded. So whatever, that's the sound. I think shit like that is brilliant. And the the MIT guys figuring out different ways to mod boards early on. I'm still halfway through, or I, I've still got half the series to go, but I've been really enjoying it because, Thanks. yes, I have an affinity for all of the retro gaming, but I love the problem solving because it is in a world of technology and circuit boards and things like that. that I It's still very foreign to me, but I can never get over seeing these, these problem solving moments and how people were just yeah. pushing the limits and pushing the capabilities of, of what they could. And also kind of what we said about 10 minutes ago, but it's like becoming comfortable knowing that you don't have to accept the norm or the status quo. You can do something completely different and maybe it ends up creating Mario brothers. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, good shot. I, it is on my uh, to watch list already. I'm not yet got around to it, but um, yeah, it's, it looks like a super cool program. Uh, Al. What about you? Uh, mine, again, is totally unrelated. Um, but 
good buddy and friend of the show, Sumo, um, Dirk from Sumo's Projects down in Oz, um, Melbourne, I think. Um, he's just launched a new, I think, YouTube channel, but I'm pretty sure it's a podcast um, called Measure Twice, Cut Once. And it's him and a guy called Chris, who I don't know, but I'll uh, start following. And it just looks like a lot of good, wholesome Aussie humor. Um, but I think the intention is that they're going to get lots of uh, makers from around the world uh, each episode and just have yes. kind of classic kind of makers international style bands. Um, but I love Sumo's sense of humor. Um, and if it's anything like his content, it would be great. Uh, there's a little teaser out. Um, but I think the first episode has just been out today. Uh, measure twice, cut once. Go check it out. Nice. Uh, yeah, I am just quickly because it, it, I got really confused then because I was looking at his um, uh, Instagram and he was like, ah, the link's in the, uh, yeah, it's in not. the description. <laughs> yeah, click on that and it takes you to his channel. It'll be in the show in about three months. Uh, no, it'll be in the shows on Wednesday. Dang. Um, yeah. Uh yeah, no, uh I I I like Dirk, so I didn't know about that and I will check it out. Good shout. Uh any other business? I need don't don't pour don't just don't use fucking epoxy. Just don't do it. No. Don't use good, West System epoxy for anything other than a oh, boat. Right. If you're putting a oh, thin really? layer of epoxy on the outside of a hull of a boat, it's fine. Anything else, it'll burn down your workshop. <laughs> I have proof. You've been having some fun, fun experience <laughs> with that, have you? You just see people like pouring gallons and gallons of epoxy and mixing it, and it's just like, yeah, there's different kinds of epoxy. Yeah, do your research. Yeah, yeah. when you yeah. when you have smoking plastic. Yep. In your form, which yep. I've seen now a handful of times yep. out here. Come on. Come on. I mean, guys, come Good. on. Uh, yes, no, that's, a, that's a very good <laughs> Don't advice. Do so, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Just use wood filler. Uh, it looks nicer anyway. <laughs> uh, I do have one other bit of AOB, um, which is uh, Kalia. Um, Awesome in progress. Set up a Fools of Tools Discord channel, um, but on top of that, uh, Kiel and Dan have also set up a a more general Discord channel. So, what's Discord, Steve? So, for those of you that don't like Facebook because it's full of idiots, um, there's now a, another option, which is Discord. Uh, there is a plethora of videos on youtube explaining what discord is but it is essentially it was built for gamers um initially um it's almost like a a chat room but you can also do video calls or voice calls or screen um, sharing or screen recording or stream sharing and all kinds of stuff like that it is exactly. brilliant yes i may or may not use it with my game friends yeah yeah it's, don't tell it, anybody it was a a big um a big thing in the gamer community it's been well used for for years and years and years but it's now being um kind of taken over or not taken over but being used by people outside of the gamer community but it's it's 
brilliant for connecting with uh, other people, especially when you've got people in different time zones. Um, so it's kind of uh, because it's it's not so much like um, Facebook or uh, Instagram or whatever, where you put a post up and people comment on that post. It's just a series of chat rooms, essentially. Um, so lots of different chat rooms uh, within both of oh, these yeah. Discord servers. There's like a general chat. There's a wood carving and whittling. There's general a chat. There's, there's a gaming one. There's ones for like introducing yourself or for like specific projects that you're working on or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really good resource. It's a really good way to meet a load of uh, fresh faces, and it's uh, it's just a nice way to not have to spend all your time on Facebook to communicate with these people. Mm. So. Yeah, I will put the links for both the Fools with Tools server and the Maker's Magnet uh, server in the shows as well. Um, cool. Me and so Rasmus yeah, we'll can have like our own little Fools with Tools sub sub chat in the server that's just me and him playing League of Legends with <laughs> nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, in the uh, in the Fools with Tools one, we've got uh, a gaming um, thing going on in there. And it was great because oh, we just we just had this really nice long conversation of talking about uh, all kinds of old games and me trying to explain to Terry why I really love the Halo games and him just kind of being like I I, I don't I don't think this is any good and I can't, <laughs> someone else just jumping in and being like Nah Halo shit and I'm like fuck no fuck you this, shut up um, all right but yeah it's uh, it's good to so go check that out. Uh, if there's nothing else from either of you, then you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. His YouTube channel is called Brett McAfee. McAfee. It's not, you can't find him at Skull and Spade 13. Try searching Skull and Spade 13 on YouTube. And don't that's, that's what I do. And that's how I, I see his stuff. I disagree. It's easier. You're wrong. <laughs> and if you want to find us as a group, uh, fwtpodcast.com, uh, at fwtpodcast on Instagram or Fools to Tools on other things. Um, use Google. Uh, right, that's it. We love you all. We love you all. Goodbye. Bye. Halo is shit. <laughs>